What is up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Got Next podcast. In this one, we talk about Giannis's Supermax. Congratulations to Giannis. But really, we are making the seeding predictions for the top 10 in the Eastern Conference. Now, we are doing 10 because the 9 and 10 seed have a chance to play into the playoffs this year, regardless of record. So we just felt like we had to talk about it. So let's get right to it. My name is Rafa, joined by my co-host, Carlos. What's up, guys? And this is the Got Next Podcast. This week on NBA News, um, well, there's only really one thing we want to talk about, even though there were some other things that were going on this week Yep, and last. Uh, Giannis signing the Supermax, the biggest contract in NBA history. Yep. Five years, $228 million to stay in Milwaukee. My God. Kind of ruining everyone's like, play for the 2021 free agent class. There goes like Miami, Golden State. Oh, uh, yeah. Who else is going after Dallas? You know, Dallas. Yeah. Um, what were your initial thoughts on this? I was kind of surprised, to be honest with you. Um, hey, Lai, what's up? <laughs> Perfect oh, that she's wearing Kobe purpose. jersey. She did it on purpose. <laughs> Love it. It's <laughs> awesome. Kobe. Kobe. <laughs> we're not edit. Don't edit any of that out of the podcast. Um <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna make an appearance in the podcast. Like. <laughs> um, <laughs> we were talking about Giannis. We were <laughs> we were talking about Giannis, um, and I you were surprised. I forgot the question. Yeah. Okay. So I was I was surprised that he signed the supermax because I don't I don't feel like they did enough to make them contenders this year. I mean, they're contenders, but to really put them over the top and. As great as Drew Holiday is, I know Giannis wanted the Bucks to target Bradley Beal. Um, they can still do that. And they can still do that. It could still happen. But now I hope he understands that it's going to be tough to recruit people to play with him in Milwaukee because no one wants to live in Milwaukee if they can live in L.A., New York, Miami, San Francisco, mm-hmm. like Dallas. Milwaukee is not, not a place to be, man. No, not I, at all. You know, all the smoke guys were, uh, what's his name, Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes, just, they were just shitting on Milwaukee as, a, as an NBA city. Yeah. <laughs> they just did not want to be there. Steven Jackson was like, I was there for like two weeks and I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll be tough for them to recruit free agents. Yeah, yeah. Now, there, there is, Harden did want to play in Milwaukee. He did say that one of his trade destinations. But it's very unlikely, and I don't see that happening. Yeah, they don't think any like if who who can this Milwaukee who can Milwaukee trade to Houston that fits like the requirements of like what was it one one young player and like two or three picks which they already gave away in the Drew Holiday trade, right? Yep. So they can't really do that. So they don't have picks. They could give up Chris Middleton. I would give up Chris Middleton for Harden. Yeah, but does Houston take that? <laughs> does Houston take it is a good question. Now, do you get rid of another one of their young players like Dante DiVincenzo? Yeah. I mean, if it's to get Harden, I'd do it. But. Yeah. 
we'll see that how that Houston situation plays out. We'll talk about that one later. Um, but the first take for me was that good on him for actually staying because compared to like, you know, all the, these other like team up guys, like, yeah, this generation of teaming up, KD, LeBron in particular. LeBron and KD. It's quite refreshing to see someone, superstar of his caliber, stay in his team and try to, you know, stay there, uh, stay there and build a championship uh, team. Especially in a small market. Yeah. Because of course, like, Everyone wants to play in LA. Everyone wants to play in Miami. Everyone wants to play in New York, but no one wants to play for the Knicks. They want to go to the Brooklyn. <laughs> They'd rather go to Brooklyn, apparently. <laughs> I mean, people would love to play for Chicago if they could, but like those are like the big free agent destinations. And it's just no. I just don't see them landing anyone crazy to help Giannis in the long run. But I am happy that finally a win for the small market team where a superstar wants to stay yep right like i mean the list of small markets that have just lost out on their on their superstar you know oklahoma city kevin durant comes to mind russell westbrook (laughs) russell westbrook well he he did stay and then they traded him so yeah that's that's a little different but anyway it, it is nice that anthony davis anthony davis so it is nice that a small market is getting rewarded. I really hope that Giannis does win a championship someday. It's probably not going to be this season, though. <laughs> they are good enough, I think, to win. I mean, they were the best team in the league last year and the year before mm-hmm. in the regular season. It's just, honestly, it's really on Giannis's limit. The limitations to his game is what, uh, what limits their chances. And they didn't really get anyone who can cover that, yeah. as, so to speak, right? Yep. So... We'll see if they can build. They can find other players who can do who who complement him. Yeah, for particularly sure. or or if Drew Holiday and Chris Milton are really good enough to be those guys. Yeah, which Drew Holiday steps up in the playoffs, but Middleton has stunk it up the last two playoffs. Yeah. So. If they play the Celtics, though, you can guarantee he will be off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only against the Celtics, he turns into Michael Jordan. But against other playoff teams, no good. All right. So now let's uh, start talking about our seeding predictions for the Eastern Conference. Who do you have at the first seed? Yeah. Um, well, I think I guess it just transitions well from what we were talking about, about the Bucs. So I have the Bucs being number one. Yep. I have the Bucs too. Great regular season team. I don't see why they can't replicate it from last year unless the issue, their issues from the bubble really were are going to be exploited in the in the um in the regular yeah. season but i think they can they can still definitely beat up on the on the weaker teams in the east and yeah. still be a great regular season team and i don't see them like Giannis always plays balls to the wall regardless of the game regardless of yes. the game regular season or playoffs so i i still see them uh being the best team in the east Record-wise, yep. maybe uh, maybe an MVP type year from Giannis. Although I'm not sure if he'll get the votes to actually win the award. Yeah, he'll definitely put up the stats for it. <laughs> for sure, he'll definitely put up the stats for it. I think that there will be a voter fatigue because everyone will be like, "Oh, again! Like you're just gonna lose in the playoffs again." Yeah. Um, so looking at Milwaukee last season, uh, there of course they had this historic all-time defense. I don't yeah. see them being able to replicate that because now people uh, people know now that all they do is drop coverage and 
they were very strict about that in the playoffs. So guards like Steph Curry are going to light them up. Damian Lillard is going to light them up. Point guards and wings that pull, can shoot pull-up threes are going to destroy yep. this team. And I still think that they're going to have this great all-time, maybe not an all-time, but they'll have an above-average defense. Um, it's just that... What, they're going to be a, a top defense in the league still. For sure. It'll just be their offensive limitations because as good as they were overall, their offense was 1.9 points better than league average, which is far below, well, of course, far below Dallas. But like the Clippers were better, the Heat were better, Portland was better, Denver was better, Boston was better. Hmm. Like that, it, that, that doesn't, that's an above average defense, uh, offense, but it's not a standout offense. And that's probably because. You alluded it to earlier, Giannis's offensive limitations, and yeah. um, I don't personally. I don't think that the Bucks. Um, I don't think that their playoff faults are entirely on Giannis. Just because uh, we we we've talked about this, Middleton's playoff performance was poor. So it's not yeah. like, and Brook Lopez has up and down games, so it's not like he's getting a lot of help. And the big thing is Coach Bud's lack of poor playoff adjustments and lack of flexibility. Like, yes, like refusing to play Middleton and Giannis more than thirty-four minutes when they're down 2 thats ridiculous. I hope I think that's the one thing I'm going to look at in the playoffs. I really don't care how well they do in the regular season, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. It will see. It will be how they do in the playoffs. Exactly. That'll be the thing on everyone's mind. And I listened to JJ Reddick's podcast with Chris Paul, and they've, they've talked about this. And previously, he's talked about this with Damian Lillard as well, where all these teams are doing drop coverage, mm-hmm. right? And in the playoffs, they just kind of stick to that. But then guards like Lillard, Steph, Chris Paul, and others feast on that because they get wide open shots yep. every time. And like, yeah, you're protecting the rim. But it's like, if you're going to get comfortable shots, it's not a great offense. I mean, Vucevic lit them up, and that's the reason that they didn't sweep the Magic. Exactly. Right? And Vucevic is a good player, but the, the point he is... He shouldn't be that good. <laughs> yeah. Vucevic isn't that good. And so, um, it's Coach Bud's lack of flexibility that's really going really to limit them. Like, they, they just don't change the way they play. It'll be, it's, it's fine if you have LeBron, Wade, and Bosch on your team because this is how the Heat played as well. Yeah. But these are like the, the greatest offensive talents of all time, and I don't think that Giannis is that. Yeah. I, I, really, I really think that he should start playing. Like we mentioned this previously. He should start playing more inside. Uh, stop, with the, stop, pull, stop pulling up for three. I think that there was this first highlight that came out from the preseason, him pulling up for three and airballing it. <laughs> and his shot does not look any better than it did last year. It's not. No, I looked on. Uh, someone put a video of Giannis shooting. It was like a slow motion shot that was just like a promotional thing. And I was like, "Yep, his three point shooting is gonna be bad." I didn't even wait for the release. I saw that his elbow was still out, and his hands are like, <laughs> like basically parallel to each other, like this. This is how he shoots. I was like, "Yeah, he's gonna have a bad shooting season again." Yeah, I already know. He had that, like one. He had like one good shooting preseason game. Everyone was like, "Oh my god, he's making threes!" But it's gonna even yeah, out. It's it's gonna even yeah. out like to like a really poor 
three point percentage. Yeah. I do just wish Giannis would either get a solid mid range game to complement his fierce attacks to the basket mm-hmm. or a post up game to diversify his offense. Yeah. Exactly. And like an actual post up game, not just where he beats up bully ball. And- he he should just take a play from Shaq's book and learn the drop step. <laughs> and the jump yeah, hook. Seriously. And and le- learn a drop hook. Yeah. He, it's not like he needs this like insane offense. Um, what did do you, Drew Holiday and the rest of their additions change anything for you? Yeah, I was about I was one I was about to ask like they got they obviously got Drew Holiday they also signed mm-hmm. Bobby Portis and Tory Craig mm-hmm. Bryn Forbes and DJ Augustine are the notable uh, signings. Um, yes, I have. Have you watched a lot of Bobby Portis? I don't know how like because it's on the Knicks. I don't know how much you can <laughs> how much you can use that as a as a basis for like how good he is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, from what I can tell, Bobby Portis is pretty good. He he might give them some flexibility at center. Yeah. They can play kind of small ball, but not really. Um, I like the addition of Tory Craig and Bryn Forbes. I think those were a little underrated because Craig is a rugged defender and he he can play the four. Um, but mm-hmm. of course that's small ball forward Giannis at the center. Non shooters. Yeah, that means there are two non-shooters on the floor. Um, and then Bryn Forbes is a really good shooter off the off-ball screens mm-hmm. and off the move. So he's kind of a younger version of Kyle Korver. Of course, not as good, but that style of play. But Korver is so, like, he's pretty, he's pretty old. I'm not sure how much he can play. They can rely on him anymore. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. Who do you have? Who's your number two? No, second seed I have. Um, we'll see if you agree with this one. I have the Brooklyn Nets. Ooh. Coach, Coach Kyrie's gonna yeah. lead them. Coach Kyrie. <laughs> Who do you have? I have not the Brooklyn Nets. I have the Heat. Oh, interesting. I have Miami. Yeah. Interesting. Now, okay. of course, yeah. So I have a I have a good reason for this. One, I think that the Heat are going to be motivated by their finals loss. And, sure. of course, yeah, them being fair. this good is going to depend on development of Hero, Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, and really Bam Adebayo. I think Bam needs to be more aggressive with looking for his shot. Do you think he'll take a leap again this year? I don't know if he'll take a leap, but I think if he – makes a small improvement and just, just being more aggressive. Because I thought that between the regular, regular season and the bubble, Bam got better mm-hmm. just in terms of his offense. And it's more of him looking for his own offense, which is great. I think that that'll put another element to his game. Like, I think his scoring threat will open up the rest of his game. His passing and his he, – he's a lob threat, which is great. Yeah. And then if Bam takes – especially if he becomes a defensive player of the year candidate – that's that's exactly what the Heat need. I mean, he has that potential for I, sure. Yeah. Oh, I'm just wondering. Do you think they they he'll play center exclusively now from now on, or will he still? Because they changed it from uh, the regular season where they started what Myers Leonard or Kelly Olynyk at center normally, but obviously in the playoffs they they leaned into Bam at center, and it, I was I'm just I'm just wondering if that's something they'll do for the whole year. 
I mean, I think functionally, Bam has always been the center because Myers Leonard and Kelly Olynyk are really shooters. shooters. Yeah, that's true. And neither of them protect the rim that good. So functionally, maybe he's listed at power forward, but Bam really plays center. And I think that that's that'll stay. And then they'll play like they'll start like a Mo Harkless or Iguodala maybe instead of Myers Leonard or Kelly Olynyk. Yeah. I watched I watched the Heat in the preseason in a preseason game against they, I think they played the Hawks. No, it wasn't the Hawks. Dude, who did they play? I can't they played the Pelicans. Oh yeah, okay. And of course I was looking for mostly the young guys. It was perfect cuz Butler didn't play cuz I wanted to watch the young guys and what they do. Um, they did start Mo Harkless mm-hmm. <clears throat> at the four, and they started none Hero Robinson Harkless Bam, and Hero got matched up with Brandon Ingram because of course I want to see his defense if it's improved because that's going to be a big deal, and I mean it, it doesn't look like it because he Ingram was cooking him of course but Ingram is six inches taller and yeah. Tyler Hero is not going to make this match. yeah and Tyler Hero is not going to make this massive jump to all of a sudden be an all-NBA defender that can lock up Brandon Ingram. So it, it, it doesn't look like Hero's improved on that regard. He's still – his lateral quickness still isn't great. His reads maybe are a little better. I do think Hero mm-hmm. improved his passing and his reads, but that, it's also a one-game sample. Um, <laughs> yeah. Kendrick Nunn looks the same. Again, one-game sample. Same thing with Duncan Robinson. Same thing with Bam. He looks the same, but it's the preseason. Maybe he doesn't give a crap. So we'll we see. saw them so recently, so it'd be hard for them to make a big improvement from like yeah. two months ago. Yeah, and I think people are counting out the Heat, but we still have to remember that they had um, in the regular season their numbers weren't great, but they made significant improvements in the bubble. They did. They did. So in the regular season, they were like two points better than average on offense and. 1.2 better on defense, but that got significantly better in the bubble. So, I that's why I have the Heat at number two. Do you think that they'll uh, draw? Because Dragic definitely played. He played much much better in the bubble than he did in the regular season. Yeah, that'll be a big key for them reaching this like two seed that you have them at. For sure, for sure. Um, but obviously, like Tyler, if he doesn't play that level, then Tyler Hero may. Taking a bigger role would probably yeah. offset that. Yeah. Now, I, I can see the Heat dropping. I don't see them dropping out of the top four, but I do see them potentially dropping to four if people have figured out, like, oh, Duncan Robinson, we have to check him. Tyler Hero, we kind of have to check him off the ball. Mm-hmm. Kendrick Nunn, we have to pay attention to these guys. I still have them up here because they have multiple guys that can create. And if Bam takes another jump, which I think he can, Definitely. Still think. Still young. Yeah. But even if none of that changes, I think they're still a really good team. Like they were a good team before. They'll still be one this year. Nothing much has changed. Yeah. That's true. So for me, I had the Nets there. Yes. Um, I'm, it's very dependent, obviously, on the health. (laughs) Yep. Because Kyrie and KD are coming off injuries, particularly KD, the, the Achilles. Although I, it's very encouraging to see how much how well they played in the yes. uh, regular season, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, preseason games that they we've seen them in so far. Durant looks like he looks like he was looks like how he, look, like in terms of how he's moving, pretty similar to how he was before. Um, 
quick, what were your thoughts on his preseason showings? Like, in terms of movement and, like, you know, how he was looking under Achilles. I thought that he looked really good. Um, It it really helps that he's had a year and a half to recover from it. And I've told you this privately, and I think I mentioned it in the last podcast, that it really takes 18 months for players coming from these big injuries to really feel like they've made a full recovery, to really feel normal. And so that's where uh, Kevin Durant is right now. And he does look good. From, from an offensive standpoint and from pushing off, he looked great. Very encouraging. <laughs> so I'm, I'm happy with his recovery. Very recur- encouraging. Uh, but yeah, that, so I think that the talent of Kyrie, I, how they were playing in, the, in those two games, it looks like they have some chemistry, which is good. And that will only get better yeah. uh, as the season goes on. Assuming, because I know they're, assuming that they're able to play a lot of games together. Uh, I know Kyrie missed a lot of games the last three seasons. I think that ta- that they're th- those two guys are gonna carry those carry that team to a, to a, to this two seed is what I was thinking. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's fair. Obviously, big if on the uh, the injuries, but uh, mm-hmm. what's it called? I can also see them drop like have having an implosion <laughs> and dropping all the way to like six or something. <laughs> so, I don't know six, but yeah, I can totally <laughs> see that having an implosion. Yeah, yeah, I, I told, I'm with you on that. Um, and just to transition this, because my number three is Brooklyn. I have them at three. Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, my big, because my big questions for this team are the health, obviously. That's number yeah. one. But number two is really defense. Uh-huh. Like, who, who are their positive impact defenders? Jared that Allen. That aren't <laughs> bigs. Yeah, Jared Allen, DeAndre Jordan. Like, other than their bigs, like, who are their positive impact defenders? They don't have any. KD has to re- play 2017 levels. Yeah, he defense. does. He absolutely does. And I'm, I watched the Nets play their first preseason game. I can't remember mm-hmm. who it was against now. I think it was the Wizards. Yeah, it was the Wizards. Mm-hmm. I, didn't get them, I didn't get a chance to watch them play the Celtics, so I can't comment on it. I watched the highlights, but... There, there are yeah, a same. couple things I need to watch. So when I look at their defense, because that's the big thing I, I watch, it looks like KD is slow to react, off-ball especially. Rui Hachimura, like, outplayed him. He yammed on him. <laughs> that's yeah, first he did. game. <laughs> yeah. So Kevin Durant's reads looked slow. There was one play where he was on the weak side guarding uh, Danny Avdiha and... Um, it was a, I think it was a double tag pick and roll on the strong side. So there were two, two shooters on the strong side of the pick and roll run by, mm-hmm. Kyrie, run by Raul Neto and yep. Thomas Bryant as the roll man. And on that play, Thomas Bryant rolls to, no, he pops to the top of the key for a three. And Thomas Bryant actually shoots like 40% from three money and takes two threes. So KD misreads Neto's pass. And I don't mm-hmm. know if Neto was looking at Bryant, but I think he anticipated the pop. And then Denny Adva had a wide, wide open three KD's guy. Right, right. So it seems like his reads are off. And that's just one example. There, there are a bunch of other. And he is showing good effort on closeouts and on drives. Um, and then there was, a, there was that other play where he just straight up lost Mo Wagner, who dunked 
Oh, I think I saw that in the b-ball breakdown. Yeah. And then immediately after, he and Kyrie had something to say about it. So I do, a, all this is to say, I do anticipate growing pains in general. Yeah, because, and it's, it's probably yeah. going to be like the, the rust as well for not, after not playing for so long. Yeah, for sure. And it looks like they're going to play Joe Harris a lot of minutes. And he doesn't have good reads. He doesn't read the defense very well, I don't think. And Kyrie doesn't always try to get over screens in the regular season. He looked great in the preseason, but he has questionable motor on defense. Yeah, for sure. How good is Dinwiddie going to be? Because it looks like that's going to be the starting point guard. Really? I thought it would be Kyrie and I guess Karis Levert. <laughs> no, they're, they're running a Dinwiddie-Kyrie, which I like a lot better. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Um, functionally, Dinwiddie's the point guard, Kyrie's the two guard. Functionally. That, that, that makes sense. <laughs> yes, it totally makes sense. So, and we'll, we'll talk about the offense in a little bit. Um, on the defensive end, in this game, it looked like DeAndre Jordan was just doing drop coverage. Mm-hmm. Now it's against Raul Neto and Thomas Bryant. So that might be like totally appropriate. But I don't see him as the kind to like do well on switches anyway. Yeah. Either way. He, he, he's fine as a drop guy. Yeah. He's great as a drop guy. It's just like if this was Bradley Beal, yeah, I'm gonna drop. Like that's that's something I need to I need to watch. And when I watch the Celtics, and when Tatum is in pick and roll, that's something I'm specifically going to look at. Is DeAndre Jordan gonna get up, or is he still gonna drop? Because Tatum's gonna get a wide open three that he can hit every time. Yeah, it it looks like they are gonna have a ton of off ball switching. So they 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 talk about stuff. And it looks like they're cheating a lot. Like on pin downs, they cheat. They totally cheat. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Um, on a couple of pin downs, Kyrie doesn't even like follow his man. He just stays put and calls for it. A smarter player, like... They just switch. Yeah. So they switch off ball and he top locks it. So he's like not, really not even covering for a backdoor cut, which the Neto, again, totally missed the backdoor. But if that's a guy right. like... Russell Westbrook, Steph Curry, they'll get that every time. They will read that. So they yeah. just got to be careful. Their roster really doesn't have any, like, lockdown no. wing defenders. They're going to rely a lot on, like, KD being that, being that guy, which will be a, quite a load to, have, to put on him. Yes. Particularly since their offense doesn't look super complex so far. No, it doesn't. Um... From what I can tell, though, I actually like their offense because it's not, it's not like Golden State where it's just like chaotic movement all the time. But when you have two of the best isolation scorers in the world, KD, KD and Kyrie, this complex offense, you just need them to get into their spots and let them go and make sure to distract the, 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 to distract the defense on the weak side. Yeah, it, it, it's simple. It doesn't need to be this complex thing when you have those two guys. I actually liked it a lot. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, they also have like I think Locke will be on their side because you know Kyrie will do the incense before every game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's gonna do the stage every game. <laughs> what a guy! What a guy! <laughs> um, what a guy! Um, anyway. All right, so who do you have at the three seed then? We talked a lot about that. Yeah, okay. So for me, the number three seed, I have the Sixers. So I'm a bit hot. The, the Sixers. Sixers. Wow. Yeah, I, had them, I have them jumping 
Miami and Boston. You're very high on the Sixers. I more like discouraged about. The, I I I originally had the Celtics here, but I I realized I like I look at the roster of the Sixers again. This is pretty on the roster to be honest, because I haven't watched their their preseason games, but. I like that Simmons and Embiid will have much more space around them. They won't yes. be so cramped, and I can see them. And Ben Simmons is still like one of the best. You have Ben Simmons as one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. Then you have Embiid as one of the best inter- interior defenders as well. So mm-hmm. defensively, they'll be, they'll be, they should be pretty stout just because of those two guys. And then mm-hmm. on offense, I mean, obviously Embiid, as we mentioned before, is one of the best offenses on himself is a post-up, a Joel Embiid post-up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I see, yeah, and as I think I, we alluded, I alluded to in our previous podcast about how, about the Sixers signings, um, the, the, the shooters around them should improve their offense. Let more, they have, they'll have better uh, three-point shooting as well. Uh, three-point shooting, yeah, basically. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. I am obviously not as high on the Sixers. I think... I just call me crazy, but I don't believe in Doc Rivers' ability to maximize Simmons and Embiid together. That's not an outrageous take. <laughs> I just, I just don't like. I watched that Celtics Sixers, and yeah, sure, the, the Sixers beat up on the Celtics in that game, but it's the preseason. I'm really looking yeah. at the stuff they run, and mm-hmm. from the look of it, they're gonna play fast, which is perfect for Simmons. It's not perfect yeah. for Embiid. They can run. I can Embiid imagine. They can't run like that. They should just do a eighties eighties Lakers style where they fast break, and then if it if it if it fails, they just yeah. throw it to Embiid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that wouldn't be a bad idea, and that's probably where Doc is getting his idea from. I mean, he did play in those eighties Hawks teams that played against the Lakers, but mm-hmm. I think I just don't. People are gonna slow it down in the playoffs. And, and you know that's I, that's that's every year, yeah. And it's every year, like. And when I look at their offense in the half court, it's like really not much has changed. You know what I mean? Like okay. the Simmons and Bead, there's no pick and they don't really run a pick and roll, but like that's one where you like drop the hell out of that. You drop that. <laughs> you like do uber drop coverage on those two. Just and let Embiid take the pop. Let Embiid pop. I don't care. Yeah. It's yeah. like 33%. It's like, great. That's better than what you'll get at the rim. I'll let you shoot that all day. Yep. And I, I watched Simmons specifically to see if he's made any huge strides on offense. He really hasn't. Like, he doesn't, hasn't, still not shooting any threes. No, he didn't take a single jump shot that game. Of course. That I remember. And so when I'm looking at Simmons from his rookie year, to his second and third year, I'm not going to say he didn't make improvements because, of course, he did. Like, his passing reads are sharper and all that stuff. But Yeah, yeah. Offensively. Uh, he has not made a big jump ever. Like, you mm-hmm. look at a lot of other young players. Tatum has made a leap. Ingram has Definitely. made a leap. Yeah. And um, Donovan Mitchell's made a leap. It looks like Jamal Murray's going to make a leap. Simmons has not made a leap offensively ever. Mm-hmm. Other than like these little incre- incremental, it's more in his playmaking. 
you can't really he's not really a scoring scoring type exactly. to be honest. He yeah. doesn't he doesn't um create a lot of offense for himself. He's just exploiting his size and then he makes a great pass. He's a great passer like off the dribble and off the move. But he doesn't have dribble moves. He's not going to beat you in one-on-one. He doesn't have a jump shot. So he's still limited and he hasn't improved in that at all. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But I still I still think he's still one of like the best 15 players in the league. I, I haven't I haven't really listed out the players. No he's doubt. Still up there. No doubt. And I mean, he's made huge strides with his defense. That's yeah. not to say like I absolutely love Ben Simmons' defense. It's so good. It's just, you know, when I look at their numbers, Philadelphia was like 0.8 points better on offense and 1.7 better on defense than average. I don't see that changing. And unless they become this like elite defensive team, which it's possible, they're not going to be that good to, to warrant a three seed. There's a chance, of course, if Embiid, a lot of it's dependent on Embiid, really. Embiid, I, I, it's going to be an Embiid and Simmons. I guess that's my belief in them. <laughs> that's, my, that's my belief in them, that their offense will, it won't be as stagnant, or not stagnant, sorry, but clunky as it was last year. Yeah, that's my that's my that's my take on it. Uh, and yeah, I just I, I really I'm really a believer in the having them sh- having the shooters around them. Uh, but I guess one caveat as well is whether or not they do push through that James Harden trade. Yeah, uh, which that would, that would make them even more interesting to be. Honest. Yeah, yeah. I think having the shooters is nice, but I just don't. I don't know that they'll be able to exploit having the shooters. It'll be nice to have the mm. extra space, but it, Embiid's not a good passer. Like, he doesn't find the right reads, and yeah. Simmons doesn't create enough to warrant, a, like, that much offensive attention. Yeah. Right? He doesn't, like, he cre- he's a good passer, and I'm not saying he's a, not a good offensive player, but it's, you don't have to commit as many resources to check Ben Simmons where he's going to draw three guys and then Seth Curry is on the weak corner. He just has to collapse. I don't see that happening. I can see him. I, I, I still feel like he, he doesn't take the, the shots, but he can still, you know, drive to the basket and create that way. He can, but it doesn't happen a lot on enough in a half court. Right, right. Transition, yeah, it's great. But <laughs> he's, Yeah, he's pretty good in transition. Yeah, and he's going to find those passes, but that's not any different than last year. So that part will improve. It's just like... How much better is this 0.8 better than on than regular, than average? Like that 0.8 better than average on offense. I don't see that bumping up to more than 1.5. Mm. Whereas a team like Portland was 3.2. I don't see yeah, that. What, okay, okay. Now, what's a just out of curiosity? What's a good what's what does a good offense look like in terms of? Oh, is that, that's against an average team, right? Yeah. So this is just offensive rating, and I'm just calculating it. From based on average, right, right. simple okay. subtraction, yeah. And so the the league average last year is one hundred ten point five. The Sixers were one hundred eleven point three. Whereas let's see, Houston was one hundred twelve point nine. Portland was one hundred thirteen point seven. Dallas was a freaking one hundred sixteen point seven. So that's that's absolutely insane. But I don't see. But see, I like I don't. 
I don't even see Philly's offense being nearly as good as Portland's. Mm. I just don't see it. If their defense gets to where near where the Lakers was, then they have a solid chance. We'll see. A lot of it depends on Doc Rivers. <laughs> I trust the guy who blew a 3-1 lead. <laughs> yep, exactly. Here's, here's another caveat too. So their rookie, Tyrese Maxey, uh-huh. he looked really good. He looked good. Oh, really? I, 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 haven't, I haven't watched the game from them yet. He, he looks good. He looked, like, he looked like their best creator off the dribble, Ooh. which is something. Now it's one preseason game. He looked good, though. I liked Tyrese Maxey a lot. So, now who do you have at number four? This is where I, have, this is where I put the heat. This is – wow. Yeah. You're not high on the Celtics this year. Maybe the, maybe the reason – like, uh, the recency bias of the preseason. But I th- honestly, uh, just, to cav- just to note, I think two to six is re- – two to five is pretty interchangeable. But, yeah. Um, I have Miami here. Uh, obviously, basically, basically for the same reasons you had you them at two. Not the same reasons you like them at two. I like them at four. The defend the defending, uh, what's it called? The defending Eastern Conference champions. Bam! I expect Bam to take a leap. Tyler Hero to improve as well. They got Avery Bradley. He'll be a good defensive stopper for like small guards if they need it. Um, yeah, and obviously yeah. all the reasons why, why their offense was so good in the playoffs last year as well. That's fair. This is where I have the Celtics. I have the Celtics at four. And I have the Celtics as five, obviously. <laughs> yes. So the, the, the rough thing about the Celtics is that their offense was 2.8 better than average last year. It's just they lost Kemba Walker. Yeah. And, you know, that, that's kind of a big deal because now they only have Jason Tatum. And we'll see how ready he is to, to carry an offense on his own. Basically, yeah. That's what I was. That's what I was thinking. Like, the reason why I had them at five is they might have a slow, slow start without Kemba. Then yeah. that will just put them behind in the seed in the standings. Yeah, and I I can see that. Like their offense is probably gonna get worse because Tatum is not gonna. Tatum. I don't know if Tatum can be a top ten player this season. I think he he can. I just don't see it happening. He has to be like a high-volume, moderate-efficiency scorer with solid creation for others. That's where he needs to be. And we'll see. Like that, If he plays the way he did in the bubble, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. And that would really help. But you still need that second guy to replace Kemba Walker's production because T- Tatum was kind of leading these second-unit teams. Mm-hmm. And now Tatum's probably going to replace Walker, and he's going to lead the first unit. Then is Brown gonna lead the second unit, and how good is he gonna be at that? And I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah, know. I don't think Brown is the best. Like, he's he's more of a complementary player on offense. Like, he's not gonna be your creator, basically, on offense, right? Basically, as much yeah. as I love Jalen Brown. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna try to, and I think they ran a couple of pick and rolls and dribble handoffs for him, where he did find the lob mm-hmm. for Robert Williams. That's an improvement. I just don't know. I don't know how realistic it's going to be and how good it's going to be with Jalen Brown leading it. He has a little bit of creation for himself, a little bit. 
Yeah. But he's generally a slasher he, that shoots well, too. Like, yeah, the thing with him, he, he sometimes gets tunnel vision, you know, when he like, makes a decision to drive. He doesn't, not, doesn't always yeah. find, like, uh, the, the, a good pass, you know, either dump off or kick mm-hmm. out. So that's the, that's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing that we really got to look, look, look for in his improvement this year. Um, yes, and that's fair. I think, yeah, off the bench, like, they have to rely, like, on Aaron Naismith and Javante Green for, like, I like rookies. Uh, Javante Green, yikes. He started, the, he started the first preseason game. He started the second one, too, yeah. against the Nets last night. Not, no bueno. Wow. I'm not a fan. <laughs> he didn't look good. But Aaron, um, yeah, so they have to rely on Taco Fall, maybe. Yes. Like, honestly, like, without... Like I'm not sure whether like their offense is really reliant on Tatum at this point without Kemba. Yeah, because T. Grant Williams, Robert Williams, Romeo Langford, like who they really have off the bench to score? They they don't have a lot of guys off the bench now. They do have Jeff Teague and he can play make a little bit, but it's not like he can lead a whole unit. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's a solid like yeah more general point starting point guard almost yeah caliber ish yeah. In that in that preseason game against Philly, I there were a bunch of stuff that I liked and a bunch of stuff I didn't like. Uh, Peyton Pritchard looked awesome. Okay, he's he's a very Danny Ainge ish player in that Danny Ainge loved loves this type of player, scrappy little white guy. <laughs> scrappy little guys. <laughs> scrappy little white guy that can shoot. Man, can he? He he looked like he hustled on defense. He was confident. He's probably still going to get beat up on defense, but he, the effort is there. The read is there. Like, he knew how to reposition himself on a pick and roll uh, to ice it, which is awesome. And nice. the shooting, my God. Like, he has re- NBA range. So that's awesome. I love that. And Grant that's Williams um, guarding Embiid and Simmons, I like. I like that defensive versatility. <laughs> I like. But the question will be, can, is he going to be a good shooter now? Because that will yeah. give him the starting job. I want them to start Grant Williams if he can shoot. Cent- center, center? At four. At the four. Oh, sorry. Because I look – oh, wait. They'll start Tristan Thompson at five. Yeah, I, my, my depth chart here, like, they, they started um, – what's his face? They put Tatum at the four. Yeah, it's yeah, but it's, smart and smart, smart Walker, Brown, Tatum, and Thompson. Yep, I think that's what it's gonna be. But yeah, uh, someone who did not look good was uh, Aaron Smith. Oh no, that sucks. We were, looked, we were so like high on him. Rushed. <laughs> yes, we were so high on him, and he can still shoot, but he looks rushed, offensively and defensively. Like his reads off the off ball screens look rushed defense he looks like he's a little too hyperactive and like he needs to relax like he looks very green like he's such a rookie he needs to calm oh my down God. It, yeah so <laughs> like sounds the, like a sounds lie. like a rookie he'll uh i think he, so that this sounds like a right like the standard like rookie like wall like not wall sorry but like wide-eyed typical, rookie yeah 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 exactly that should exactly. that should improve over time possibly probably right yeah, but it's like, I, I don't know if he's going to, how much we can rely on him then. So, we'll see. But the big reason I still have the Celtics here is because what doesn't change is their elite defense. 
They were, mm-hmm. they were 3.7 points better on defense. Really, like, the loss of Kemba Walker might actually improve that. That actually, that, that's a fair point. Um, yeah. they're, they're, they're more stout yeah. without, without Walker to pick yeah. on. And, I mean, they've just bulked up their center position. So, instead of having Enos Cancer and Robert Williams back up Daniel Tice, who's awesome, they have a rotation of Tristan Thompson and Daniel Tice and Grant Williams, who's improved. Yeah. So, and then you still have Jalen Brown and Tatum, who are elite defenders. Awesome wing, awesome wing defenders. Mark, I mean, Marcus Smart, the, I think, is the best perimeter defender in the NBA. You still have him. Mm-hmm. Whoever they, they plug in at, with them, whether it's Grant Williams, whether it's Romeo Langford when he comes back, it's probably still going to be good. So I don't see a big loss on defense. I do see a loss in offense good enough for me to be – the fourth seed. Okay, that's fair. Who do you have at number five? That's uh, no, I have the Celtics at five. That's where I have them. Oh, that's you. You, you have, have the Sixers at five, I guess. So then, yeah. I, that's where I have the Sixers. I have the Sixers at five. Yeah, and we kind of already talked about why. Yeah, exactly. Both of us. So yes, I guess we can move on to our six seed. So I'm guessing you have the Toronto Raptors here. Yeah, this is where we have the Raptors. Yeah, I have the Raptors here. Yeah. I yeah. So. I think that people are overreacting to the Raptors because I can still see them being like the three seed. Yeah, for sure. They, they're like, they're definitely in the mix with, with these other, with these other teams. Yeah. Just because we agree where they, where they land. They, they can definitely like jump a spot, jump, jump a couple of spots here. Have them six years because other teams potentially improved and they might've stayed the same. Yeah. Losing Gasol and Ibaka kind of hurt, and Baines is a, a good replacement, but decent, yeah. Their core is the same, yeah. yeah. Their core is the same, so I don't have them going low. I just the reason I have them at six is other teams improved, and people might have figured out Siakam now. If he doesn't take another leap, then yeah, we'll see, he's not an offensive number one, which I guess the Celtics no. kind of exploited, yes. They still have Kyle Lowry. They still have Fred Van Vliet. And if Normal Powell, Norman Powell becomes a, an elite six-man and OG Hananobi takes a step and becomes an all-star for some reason, then yeah. they have a chance to be a three-seed still. But, I mean, they have Nick Nurse still. That's coach, a thing. Yeah, the best co- arguably the best coach in the league. Chris Bruchet was good in yeah. the regular season last year. <laughs> Even though he didn't get any playing time <laughs> in the playoffs. Yeah. I like Boucher, though. Yeah. He looks good. Now, overall, the Raptors were 0.6 better on offense and 5.7 better on defense in the regular season. I see that staying the same. Um, maybe the defense will get a little worse because a lot of the defense is from Gasol's. Like, Gasol is just an elite yeah. defender. And Baines is good. It's just Baines is not as good yeah. as Gasol. Like he doesn't read the game the same way Mark does. And so I think that that defense comes down a little he's bit. He's just like, he's a good like interior defender. But yeah, he, he's not at the same level as Mark. Just, just flat out. <laughs> no yeah. matter what fa- Bane's fan yeah. club says. <laughs> now we, we do have to remember though that Gasol and Ibaka were not, did not play closing minutes against That's the Celtics. true. That's important to know. So their they're, so. they're main, they're like, they're closing five is still... There basically, yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else on the rap 
of the uh, Tampa Bay Raptors. The Tampa Bay Raptors. <laughs> um, yeah, not much to add on them. Uh, we'll see if they can if they make a trade or something and they, that could possibly yep. push them up. Yeah. All right. Who do you have at number seven? This is where things get interesting because yes. I think the top six we can't like interchangeable, but pretty yeah. set. Um, here I have the Atlanta Hawks. Wow. I have the Indiana Pacers here. Ooh, interesting. Yes. Well, um, I can see why you have the Hawks here. So yeah. let's talk about the Hawks. So they made a ton of additions, of course. Rondo and Chris Dunn, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Danilo Gallinari. And yep. they drafted Onyeka Kongwu. Big, yep. solid additions. What is your... What do you think about them overall? I think they, I think they have the tools to be like one a better, like maybe a top ten offense in the league. Because what they have, Gallinari, Bogdan, and Trey with mm-hmm. Josh Collins, that's gonna be a pretty good offense. Obviously, the big, the big question is their defense, but I think that that all that they should be good enough to be in the in. They should be good enough, the offense, to carry them to the seventh seed. Yep. Um, and, yeah, I think, I think Trae Young will take another leap this year. I think so, too. Uh, he'll get – yeah. And I think they finally have, like, enough talent around him that they can actually compete for a playoff spot. Yep. Um, the reason why I didn't have the Pacers here is because – the unrest from like Victor Oladipo in the off season and like I think that that might affect their their play this season and as well yeah. the coaching change and that's very fair that's very fair. yeah those, yeah basically those two, those two things basically yeah yeah um, I I can see that yeah so for me the Hawks just to look at their numbers from last season they were three point three points worse on offense and 4.1 worse on defense. And they were bad. <laughs> Those are pretty terrible. Now, of course, with all the additions, there's no doubt that that offense, I think their worst case scenario on offense is that that's average. And I think it'll be better than that. Yeah. Trey Young is not the only guy leading it. I think that Trey Young will make another jump. He'll, his reads are going to improve. He's already one of the 10 best passers in the league. So it's so a good passer. I don't doubt that it's going to get better. His shooting and decision-making are going to get better. Having Bogdanovich run the offense when Trey Young is not is huge. And Bogdanovich still fits in alongside of Young. Danilo Gallinari provides veteran stability. I like it. I really like their offense. I don't see their defense changing much. <laughs> I think it's still going to be clear. Yeah. 4.1 does not change much for me. It really doesn't. Like Danilo Gallinari, like your closing five is probably what Trey Young, Bogdanovich, Josh Collins. <laughs> Gallinari and John Collins. That is. It's not gonna be good. <laughs> that is. A, oh my God, that's horrifying. <laughs> and and you think about their center rotation. It's gonna be Capella or Kongwu. I love Kongwu's defense, but man, Clint Capella. Ugh. Yeah, he's the, not. He good. was good in the Rockets because like they had they built such a like specific system for them there. But yeah. Yes. So the reason that Clint Capella looked like this awesome defender in Houston is because he's switchable. And that might, that'll help them in the playoffs. 
Actually, not not really, because the Hawks yeah. switching everything is a disaster no matter what. Yeah, they'll but, just switch but, wherever uh, Trey Young. Yeah. But, yeah. But Capella's mobility is great. That's his strength. His, his severe weakness is reading drives. Yeah. He's not a good reflector. Like, he just doesn't read things in time. He doesn't read passing lanes. He's not reactive to threats as well as other guys like Mark Gasol. Mm-hmm. So, Clint Capella's defense, he's going to be a strict rim protector here, and it's not going to be good, I don't think. So, I, while I do think that their offense is good enough to get them in the playoffs, their defense is going to be so bad, <laughs> I just don't see it. They're not going to break into that top six. No. Um, yeah. So, number seven for you, the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. The reason I do have the, the Pacers here is I don't see them changing much from last season. Yeah. They were 0.5 worse on offense and 2.7 better on defense. And their roster really didn't change much. I know the coaching change could be a thing, but I think that Sabonis, Warren, Oladipo, and Turner are talented enough that it, it'll get them mm-hmm. there. Like, that's, that's about it. I just I don't know what their offense is going to be. They still have the Holiday Brothers. <laughs> oh. Uh, we're good shooters, by the yeah. way. Um, I wanted one of the holidays on the Celtics, man. I really wanted Justin Holiday on the Celtics. They should they should get Drew Holiday on the Pacers and just have them all there together. <laughs> <laughs> the Holiday yeah. Brothers, that'd be nice. So, who do you have at eight? I have the Washington Wizards. That's a good one. I have the Hawks here. Interesting. See, so. I guess that, yeah. So for me, I think having Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, just those two guys alone. Because mm-hmm. what? The, the, the Wizards were ninth or 10th last year already with, just with Bradley Beal. If you add Russell yeah. Westbrook there, that should, and considering how he carried the Thunder a couple of years ago to the sixth seed in the West, they should at least be the eighth seed, I think. That's fair. Yeah. So. Um, and I like I, I like sorry I also like what I saw from Rui against the Nets in the preseason game. I did like game. what I saw from Rui. He looks good. Yeah, and then Avdija looks good too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They, they 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 have good they have good players, which I think. Yeah, I see that. Their their starting five could be deadly: Westbrook, Beal, Avdija, Hachimura, and Thomas Bryant looks like a pretty versatile center. He shoots two threes a game and actually makes them at like forty percent. They can play five out then. I did they actually know, I did out. I did not know about Thomas Bryant, but if that yeah, that's the case. I didn't either. I looked it up. <laughs> Davis Bertans there as well. And they have Davis Bertans. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. So looking at their offense, they were point four better than average, and that's without Wall. That's only Beal. So that's no doubt going to get better with West having a second guy in Westbrook. Mm-hmm. An improvement from Hachimura, potentially a better passer in Avdija and Thomas Bryant improving. There's a chance that, that that's probably going to get better. That's awesome. Um, and just so you know, I have the Wizards at nine, and they could jump Ooh. all the way to seven for me for sure. Yeah. The reason I have them at nine is because, oh my God, they were the last defense in the league last year. <laughs> they yeah, were we almost them- five points worse than average. Oh, God. and yeah, none of that changes. I don't think it's bad. Mm. Not a good outlook. Well, I think 
at the lower the lower seeds in the East, I think the defense won't be as it's more on a, it's more it's more offense. Probably more on offense. Yeah. yeah, that's true, and that's that's probably where the Hawks and the Wizards, like just purely on offense, can jump the Pacers. Mm-hmm. I I think the Pacers have a little bit better balance. That's why I had them at seven. Hawks and Wizards are going to be pure offense, and. So I have the Hawks at eight, the Wizards at nine, and there's a chance that the, my ten seed jumps all of them. <laughs> okay, wait. I just to say, uh, for nine, I have the Pacers. Just, just so you know, Pacers. Yes. Under. So then I think we have the same ten. The Magic. Or Orlando Magic. Yeah. The th- the thing with the Magic the same though. Ten te- same yeah. ten teams. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, same ten teams. Like there, there was no doubt about this. So. Yeah. Looking at Orlando, like they really didn't have a ton of roster turnover. They lost DJ Augustine, but that's not the end of the world for them, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so either. Their coach is Steve Clifford. He's he's a good coach. And Very good coach. They had they had a top ten defense last year with like no good defenders on their team. <laughs> that's I the, think yeah. That's the uh, that's a Steve Clifford effect right there. That's a Steve Clifford effect. I mean, their defense was really good against the Bucks. That's yeah. not a fluke. That is that was legit. They were a good defensive team, and they have an all a legitimate all star player in Vucevic. Like if Vucevic is five five years earlier, Vucevic is an all star. I'm really high on Nick Vucevic. Did he make an all star recently? I can't remember which year it was. He was an all star 2019, I think, maybe 18, something like that. Yeah, yeah. But he reads the game so well. Um, last year, the Magic were. Um, 1.2 better on defense. I don't see that changing. They were minus two worse on offense. <laughs> so I don't see that changing because they really didn't cha- their roster hasn't changed. So I have them at 10, but there's a chance that their defense and if they make some improvements on offense and that gets better because if Markel Fultz has a good year mm-hmm. and Cole Anthony is a great rookie, there's a chance. Yeah, that's true. And it, it, it kind of sucks for them that they uh, – what, what's his face? Um, Jonathan Isaac was in, is injured. That sucks. <laughs> Having, I love Jonathan Isaac. Like, I, I, I'd be a bit higher on them if he was, if he was healthy. But, yeah. yeah, we have them at 10. <laughs> we have them at 10. All right, and then just a quick fire, my last five. I have the Bulls at 11, the Hornets at 12. The Cleveland Cavaliers at 13, which I like Isaac Okoro a lot. He looked good oh, yeah? in the first preseason game. He looked good. Did he make uh, a game 14... winner? I don't who remember. Was it? Someone made a game winner for the Cavs. I forget who. Yeah, I can't remember. But <laughs> I like Isaac Okoro. He looks good. He might actually be their best wing player already. At 14, I have the New York Knicks because what the fuck is this roster? RG Barrett looks good, though. That's good. I, I hope yeah, the young players develop. <laughs> yeah, I hope I hope RJ Barrett look, plays well because Knicks fans are ridiculous. <laughs> they 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 booed RJ Barrett because he wasn't Zion, but RJ Barrett might turn out. And yeah. then at fifteen, I firmly have the Detroit Pistons because again, what the fuck is this roster? Oh, poor Pistons fans. I know <laughs> they're stuck there. They are stuck there. I did not they rank have the last like five, five centers. <laughs> What are Sorry. they doing? <laughs> I know. What the hell are you doing? Josh Smith, Greg Monroe, and Andre Drummond are rolling over in their graves. I know. Here, look. I mean, 
they have Jaleel Okafor, Mason Plumlee. Um, they have Blake Griffin, Jeremy Grant, Siku Demboya, Isaiah Stewart. Like, what the hell is going on here? Jeremy Grant? <laughs> Why is Jeremy Grant there, man? He should be on a playoff team. Anyway. I know, man. Whatever. He chose. <laughs> I want you know who really needs to be on a on a on a contender is Dirk Rose. Mm. Come to Boston, bro. Come to Boston. We need some offense. Yeah, come to Boston. We need some offense. You'll he'll you'll fit right in. Uh okay, so let's uh let's recap our our seeds. Um yes. With, in the East, uh I have the Bucks, the Nets, the Sixers, the Heat, the Celtics, the Raptors, the Hawks. The Wizards, the Pacers, and the Magic. So, mm-hmm. Pacers and Magic in the outside looking in. Okay. And then yours, or? I have Bucks at one. I have the Heat at two. The Nets at three. The Celtics at four. The Sixers at five. The Raptors at six. The Pacers at seven. The Hawks at eight. Uh, with the Wizards at nine and the Magic ten. Wizards and Magic are trying to play in. And those were our seeding predictions for the Eastern Conference. What do you think? How high are you on the Nets? How high are the Nets? Kyrie's incense probably got them all. (laughs) He says it's sage, but there's a chance that it's weed. (laughs) Oh, man. The Hawks will be flying higher right with them into the playoffs. Do you think they'll make the playoffs? (laughs) Let us know your thoughts. And in the next episode, we'll be doing the Western Conference. So stay tuned for that. Yep. Who's got next?